Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything is fine with you. Um, We've almost come to the end of March, surprisingly. And um, yeah, we're just the first quarter of the year gone very, 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 very fast. It almost feels like it's more than just three months because um, it just really feels a bit strange. But anyways... I just want to talk today. I just want to go right into it and talk about why the Bible is so important to me and why in today's world now, I am finding the Bible to be an invaluable source of wisdom, of strength, of instruction, and of righteousness and hope as well. You know, so beyond what the Bible does um, in terms of you know what it is spiritually it's the word it has the it's the word of god it has the power of god i appreciate the wisdom that it's providing for me at this time because there's a lot going on out there and it's honestly it's like the world has gone crazy the world has gone crazy christians defending lies christians defending daylight intimidation christians defending violence christians you know, turning against their own brothers based on tribal sentiments. It's all happening before our own eyes. And now I have greater respect for history because I realize that the reason why we can recognize danger when certain things happen is because it has happened somewhere else before. And if somebody documented it and explained why and how it happened, when you see that same thing happening in your own community or in your own nation, you are able to recognize it and then really realize that you know, warn people and really tell people this is dangerous. You know, don't don't wait until it gets to where it's going to go. So there is a lot of so for me and the people that you expect who should show leadership are not showing leadership. So what is happening now is that we individual Christians, those of us who do not support what has happened, and the backstory to this is the elections on Saturday in Lagos, Nigeria were very ethnically charged atmosphere and there was a lot of voter suppression that was carried out by members of the of a, of a certain tribe of which happens to be the tribe that i belong to and it was done in such a way that there's now a lot of tension between the tribes the the tribe that did this and the other the tribes that were on the other side of it and you know how life is many of the people that did this were christians so how do you justify doing this to your brother, your Christian brother, because they are from a different tribe? Then what's the purpose of Christianity? When Jesus says that in Christ there is no Jew, there is no Greek. Anyway, it's an eye-opener even for me. Because it just shows me that um, the, bro- the brotherhood of Christ is not the same to all of us that claim to be followers of Christ. And I now understand why persecution why the persecution in the north did not move the southern Nigerian church at all. It didn't move them. I now understand it because I've always wondered why and how they were able to turn a blind eye on all what was going on in northern Nigeria for the past four, five, six, seven, eight years. But now I I get it. Saturday has made me understand it because first of all, they don't really see them as their brothers. To them, Christianity is just something that they're doing. At the end of the day, their greatest attachment is to their tribe. 
which also just makes me revisit anybody speaking like that you can say whatever you like you're not a christian i'm sorry you're not a christian because jesus is very categoric about how we will know who the real christians who christians really are and how christians behave and i'm just going to read the bible so that you know i can recenter myself in it this is not me making a judgment about people it's what the word of god literally says so let's read the book of first john chapter four i will start reading from um verse i think from verse 19 but the entire chapter talks about love um if you read from verse 10 he says in fact let's just read it says beloved let us love one another for love is comes from god i'm reading from verse 7 and everyone who loves has been born of god and knows god whoever does not love does not know god because god is love i mean he's so categoric about this he says this is how god showed his love amongst us so he says whoever does not love you don't know god you don't know him i don't if i don't love i don't know god no matter even no matter how much i try to present myself as oh i love god oh he's the this is my you know i don't know him and love is 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 not is not love is expressed love is demonstrated he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we loved god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins i'm, I'm reading the new international version dear friends since god so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen god but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Yeah, this is so true. And this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Verse 17. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now I read from verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Must. I think this message needs to be preached in churches around Lagos, Nigeria. And around Nigeria this coming Sunday and probably for the rest. In fact, all the way all through to Easter. Because I think people are, there's a bit of confusion about this. He says, whoever does not love if you, if you do not love your brother and your sister, you don't love God. You don't know him. If you do not love your brother or sister whom you have seen, then you cannot. He did not say you will not or you may not or you should not or you possibly may not. He says you cannot. If I do not love my brother or my sister, I, I, do, I lack the capacity to love God. It's an indication that I am not of God. I can say whatever I like. So I'm seeing people, people are hurting based on what happened on Saturday. And Christians are telling them, go to hell. The church will go on regardless of you. Who, are you. who are you to speak for the church? Which church are you speaking up for? It's not the church of Christ. Because even Jesus never said that. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail. He did not say that 
um, the, the church will exist without the body. I mean, do you understand? Jesus himself never said the head. In fact, he said we are all intertwined together. I am, um, I am deeply shocked, deeply surprised, very disappointed. Very disappointed. And for me to even have these feelings of disappointment, it's a lot for me because I had already known that the church as an institution has lost its way. I have tried to be diplomatic on this podcast so that it doesn't look as if I am being judgmental and all that. But honestly, the events of Saturday have totally removed any restraint from me because what I have heard Christians say, Christians who are deeply involved in the church, it's confirmed to me that the church is not raising disciples. It's just raising, um, how would I say? It's just raising, um, how would I say, um, employees or or followers like the way I, an Instagram celebrity we have followers. That's all they are. You are not. They're not disciples of Christ. They're not followers of Christ. Or they're following human beings. Or they're following a, an institution. They're not following Christ because the path of Christ is very clear. The Bible tells us that he that is hurt, that you should overtake him in anything. You should restore, restore him. The Bible also tells us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. So what I would have been expecting at this time is for Christians to be, you know, showing love and, and, and trying to restore and reconcile and heal. And, you know, when wrong has been done to someone, you try to make it better. That's what you should be doing. You should not be abusing. I mean, really, I, I don't get it. So you are saying that you support the violence, you, so, you, are, you support the repression. The day it happens to you, you think anybody will speak up for you? These are human laws we're even violating, not even to talk of the, the laws of God, which are even higher than this. I'm deeply concerned because I am like, what is the testimony of us as Christians? What is our testimony? We can't help people when they are sick. We can't help people when they are hurting. We can't help people when they are depressed. We can't help them when they're suffering from mental health problems. Now, even when injustice is done to people, sorry, we can't even say. We're not able to prevent the injustice. To even heal, the, to, to provide comfort, we're also not able to. The church has been overtaken. We've been overtaken by the spirit of... I don't want to say the Antichrist, but it's really looking that way. It's looking that way. And I'm seeing prominent people. They, they don't even, I mean, I'm like, you can, um, it's on so, a lot of this conversation is going on on social media. You can, you, you can write something in a spirit of anger. By the time people respond and respond to you, you then realize, okay, that's not really what I meant. And then you delete or you change. And, but they are doubling down on what they're saying. It's really bizarre to me. If you've listened to me on this podcast, I have talked a lot about the persecution, the things that have happened in the last eight years. I also, you know, now I now, maybe God wanted to show me because I now realize that even the people that I thought I was speaking for, they're as bad as the people that I thought were oppressing us all along. It's a real aha moment for me. So in my own space, I'm just trying, you know, I've been calling people up that I know who are most likely to have been affected by this. Many of them are very afraid for what the future holds because this happened in a city that is usually very, has a history, a well-known documented history for being tolerant and being hospitable. And what has happened is that the political ambition of one individual has changed the dynamics and whipped up the most virulent of sentiments against 
people who have been part of the community and Christians were a part of this and are still doubling down to support what happened either tacitly or, di- or, or, or even vi- directly even young Christians which is so shocking to me there is a very very there is something very very not okay I don't want to use the word evil there is something very not good and in fact something evil that is really going on in the church there is a problem ethically we don't even know what is right or wrong we just defend we have we have become exactly like the world because what the world does is anything that benefits me i support or or they're very tribal in that if it's if it's um concerning the people i support like you know my celebrity that i like and and you are going up against them i will defend them whether they did right whether they did wrong but if it's the same thing if somebody else does it and he's not somebody that is part of my tribe you know then i will come down on him very hard so that double standards approach to how you judge issues the church has become known for it now in the past it was our leaders that we knew that had that double standards but they have now socialized it down even congregation members you know younger people it has gone to millennial generation i think it's only gen z that their head is still you know i think gen z has their head in the right place but the millennials have also been affected by this double standards theology where things are only right anything that the church or i myself or that the people that what i support does is right And the same thing that they do, if someone else does it and it doesn't favor me and the institution that I represent, then it's wrong. Is that in the Bible? So I'm like, what is our Christian ministry? Is it just to be sitting down, go to church, play music, collect tithes and offerings and go? This is really serious. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm hoping that some reflection will take place this week and that maybe a recalibration by Sunday next week, people will have realized what has happened and we can begin to see some actual Christian values begin to take the center stage. The church continues to miss the opportunity to be to show the values of Christ. I am really, really wondering what's going on. I wish, I'm, I'm wondering, I hope the church has not been overtaken by, you know, because Christianity is very easy to, to show because it's love. And for many people, like for instance, this particular situation is not money, it's not a money issue. It's just concern. Calling people up, how are they? I'm so sorry for what happened. How did it affect you? Addressing community leaders and saying, Why did you allow this to happen? This must not happen again. Letting prominent people, you know, I've not seen any of that. Is this how we want to run our communities? And you know, for me, this is a real wake-up call. I now realize why it's important to be part of a community and to get involved. Because when things like this happen, you need to have a pedigree to be able to speak and your voice will carry weight. I now know. So some of us who have always lived in the shadows, it's not really good because at the time when your voice is needed, you may not have the platform. So I will say to anybody that is listening to this podcast if you are someone that you have a platform or god has given you a voice please grow that platform because just like esther was placed in the king's palace for a time such as this when she could speak on behalf of her people 
there are some of us that God will raise at a time where your words will carry weight and be able to stop the plan of the enemy. What happened in Lagos was not just wrong, it was evil. It was the devil trying to come in and destroy the fabric that has been woven together to make Lagos a safe haven and a prosperous place for the people that come and dwell there. Safe haven cities are prosperous cities everywhere around the globe. Los Angeles, everywhere. The states that continue to remain the same as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be. They are never, they are places where they are closed communities. Lagos has always been known to be a safe haven and that trust was broken. I pray it to not be irrevocable because I'm an indigenous Lagosian. My mother's family is from Lagos. This is our heritage, at least naturally speaking. But it has been destroyed by people who don't have that sense of, you know how it is when you are not the owner of something. You are just, you are, you are just there taking whatever, for whatever reason you have taken um, control, but you are not the owner. Therefore, you treat it anyhow because you do not understand the value. The Bible talks about casting pearls before swine. That's what has happened. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. Um, but I'm, I'm so grateful that God led me to this scripture today because it helps to center me so that no matter what anybody says, I can remain convinced in the rightness or the wrongness, the rightness of my position and the wrongness of what happened on Saturday because God said it, that anyone who loves God must, it is mandatory, without exception, also love their brother and sister. Even those that hate you, even those that do wrong about um, against you, talk less of people who have done you no harm. It is evil for us as Christians to be supporting evil that is done against the innocent, against people who have done you no wrong. And the funny thing, <laughs> I saw on Saturday Christians and idol worshippers come together to intimidate and exercise um violent action against innocent people and you think God is in what you are doing it can never go well the Bible says God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows he will surely reap I'm just praying that in the repercussion it will not come upon people who had nothing to do with all, all of this that's why in my own space I'm doing what I can and I'm being vocal about what I believe so that nobody confuses me when the judgment is coming, it should not come on me and my family. I'm dissociating myself strongly from what happened on Saturday. Because unfortunately, it was done from, by members of my tribe. If I do not dissociate myself, they will think that I'm part of them. If it had been done by members of my tribe who were not Christians, then I, wouldn't, I may not need to say so much. But unfortunately, the Christians were in the forefront. That's the sad thing about what happened on Saturday. So I have to dissociate myself for whatever it's worth in my spaces at least so i thank god for his word for that we have the bible to guide us on what is right or what is wrong thank you very much for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen